Did you ever get RFIs asking you how to fix a mistake <laughs> on the made. project that they made that they, you know, it's just like, Oh, well, we didn't read the documents. We installed it the way we wanted to. We saw that, you know, in the drawings later, you know, when you came out and threw a hissy fit saying, what the hell is this? And we went back and looked at it like, Oh yeah, yeah. We now, now we see, see the way that you wanted it. Can you tell us how to fix what we did? <laughs> That's called a, ha- a hail Mary RFI. Please, please. If there's any grace to be given, can it be given now, sir? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it, it's always the ask forgiveness later RFIs. Yeah. Those usually don't come through, actually. <laughs> no, no, they don't. I don't know if I ever told you this. So I was sitting in my office in Baltimore, looking on the security camera, or not the security camera, the construction camera for a project in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, well, sorry, actually Durham, North Carolina, wherever Duke is. Mm-hmm. We'll just say Duke, North Carolina, because it's the, the <laughs> prevalent the thing. And I know that there's a few people that will listen to this that will correct me quickly. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the construction cam and I'm like, that doesn't look right. And so I can zoom in because it's, it's high def and I zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. I'm like, that's definitely not right. And so I, I, I took a screenshot and I crafted a quick email. And the first email that I got back from them is, we're taking away your privileges to the construction camp. Yeah, that's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, that's wrong. Okay, well, you know, because it was like, it was one of these details on this exposed structural steel that was beautifully detailed out. And we went through like, you know, painstaking back and forth to get everything just right. Except for that they had these additional plates on there and these additional plates were stuff that you're going to see from the outside and it didn't like it took the, and I'm going to use big air quotes here, the elegance away from the overall like design Mm. of things. I'm like, no, no, that's wrong. Check the details, people. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, well, with steel though, they've got to have shop drawings. It's got to be like, well, you approved the shop drawings. (laughs) So, so here was their excuse. Well, in your drawings, you show this line and we, we assume that it was steel. You didn't assume that it was the column grid that I was dimensioning oh to. This is like those, the, those memes going around where there's, they've, they've poured a slab with the, the cloud in it. it it's a, a void. Oh yeah. It's like yeah. that, that, that's yes. obviously the cloud symbol for a, a change in the drawings. <laughs> <laughs> there's a hole in the slab that shape <laughs> that's all there's a lot of craft went into that wow that's a tough form to make right there <laughs> exactly <laughs> this isn't what you wanted like <sighs> oh this is like your your duck detail duck penetration detail how does duck go through wall yeah heavy sigh drop your head and say Ugh. <laughs> it's i know that wasn't what you wanted well to talk well about, but this is a good tangent, like because I I was talking on my other show to a, a to Brian Ringley who works at Boston Dynamics and they've got a robot dog and and um, yeah the robot named Spot is designed to do construction observation like really that it's got all these sensors on it and so I was thinking about your superpowers wow. to be able to see what could go wrong on a construction site and I even asked him I said are are you getting pushback from potential clients on you know just this extra level of accountability that people are experiencing because you know if it's if it's out roaming the building every day to 
to get an updated hmm. capture of what's going on. I mean, for multiple reasons. There's like, is work been performed? Is it in place? How was it done? That to me is the is the the extra the the jab in the side here. It's like, oh, did it get installed correctly before it got covered up? And and he said no because the people who are who are purchasing these things they don't they don't work like that. These are like the the high end early adopter types who are really interested in the positives of this. But it's funny that my mind went there because of my previous experience working in the public arena. <laughs> and it's not to say it's always the case like that, but there's definitely been those projects and we've both experienced them where the mm-hmm. contractor sucks. Like they're not up for the <laughs> job. And I, I remember a specific project up in the mountains. It was a library and it was just like, the punch list was long and zero things got taken care of. Oh my gosh, And it I was just this. like, yep, we're <laughs> leaving our last 10% on the table. We're already underwater on this job and we're never going to work with the county again. So we're not going to do any of this stuff. And, and so that, that's where like the robot comes in, right? That's, this is where like there's one or three or five construction cameras, but this robot can go anywhere and look at anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. the thing about these is that they are agile mobile robots and they're connected to the cloud all the time. And so they can go over obstacles and they can open doors and they can go upstairs. And so they're not hindered to be able to perform these types of duties. And, you know, many times the contractors are the ones actually doing this. It's not like the architects are keeping an eye on what's going on out there because we're so smart and awesome. It's no, it's like they want to make sure that all of their subs are performing on time that the schedule is like totally adjusted up to the minute. And because, you know, when one thing happens, it ripples down to everything else and it screws everything up. So you've got to make sure that you're on top of that. And so they are being, being very proactive about that. And they understand that time is money too. So they're the ones investing in this technology to accomplish those tasks. But at the same time, you get to see what's going on and, and check it against your model, right? So there is an extra level of accountability there. So I just thought it was interesting to to think about it from that perspective. But it was pretty quick answer. He's like, no, they're not. These aren't those kind of people. It's going to get to the point where, you know, we've got the early adopters that see the value to this. And as more and more owners and more and more contractors are talking about and singing the praises, because, I mean, if you think about it, to the contractor, this is a way for them to ensure that there's a level of quality control, that there's a level of accountability for, you know, to their well, the owners are going to be demanding this as well. It, it, yeah. Exactly. So, so that's what I was saying is so like, if they can basically take that to the owner and say, you know, Hey, let's just look at it as like pay apps. We're, we're asking for X amount of money because we did this X amount of work. Well, you know, prove it. And they won't even have to prove it after the fact. It'll be proven exactly when it happens. And it'll just go into the system and it will be, yeah, it, it'll be a checkbox that takes care of itself because they are actually out there doing the work. Yeah, because think about this. So like, you know, the, the, t- the typical way that we do pay apps, the contractor basically gets together with all of their subs and says, okay, what work were you performed? They basically, they do their big um, matrix of here's where we are, here's what we did. And then as they're kind of like projecting out where they're going to be and all that other stuff. So they've, they've got a kind of like an ongoing checklist. So then that list 
gets formulated into a pay application. That pay application goes to the owner and the um, architect for review. The architect goes out and they kind of like walk the thing. And basically we've got to kind of like hunt and peck for each of the things. And some things may be covered up or, you know, like moved or whatever. And so, you know, it's kind of like a, a hunt and peck kind of game. But if you've got this real time data that basically shows everything going in and you could say, Day one, we did this quantified by here's like, you know, the actual data. Yeah. And by data, meaning like an actual point cloud capture with photographic backup. Right. So it's it is like you can look exactly at where that thing was in the wall before it got covered up. And yep, it's there. Exactly. And so and and then boom, you're I mean, like you literally don't have to worry right. about, you know, say if we've got remote, I can see that if if I don't fly into like, say, you know, my Duke project back in the day that I can look at this and say, okay, I can still comfortably review this pay application based off of all this real-time data that I have, photographic point cloud proof of all of the work that they're saying that they've done. And, you know, it, it yeah, saves, the boxes will check themselves, saves a lot. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. If, if the whole system is smart on the back end, then it absolutely will. And yeah, I mean, your dashboard will just be up to date and it'll show you exactly what's been done and, you know, the percentage of completion and how that links to the critical path schedule and et cetera, right? It'll all, it, that, that is, and, and that's pretty, pretty cool innovation on the building construction side. And that's why they're going for contractors and not necessarily after architects for this thing. But I think it's really interesting that the architects do have the potential to use this for their benefit and and as an additional value add to the project. Really, if, if the goal is, you know, you've the owner and the architect have worked together for, you know, in some cases, years to get to the point of construction on these larger projects, that design intent does need to get realized in the field. And yeah. so this is a way to ensure that that happens, right? And that's, I think, what, what is the, where the value add is. And so if architects can see that and they can invest in this, to be the mm-hmm. ones that owners can trust to ensure that design intent is realized in the field. And I mean, that, that is a value add for sure. Yeah. And I, I definitely see that, but I see like, let's just say for now, I see the tangential benefit of it. I totally agree with you that, you know, there are some benefits that can be realized in the future, but I think for now, as the technology is developing and, and obviously developing quickly, that there is a kind of like QC type benefit for now. Oh, for in, sure. In, yeah. But where you want to go with this conversation <laughs> is a different type of technology. Yeah, I, I have, I have that, a question for you. Uh, do you ever feel like you're being experimented on? <laughs> I feel like that every day. <laughs> you ever feel like a lab rat? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> well, well the, the reason I ask this question is because I think during the pandemic, a lot of people went went online to fulfill mm-hmm. shopping needs, for instance. And <laughs> uh, and so, you know, spent a lot of time on Amazon and on the mobile version and on the desktop version. Have you ever noticed how much the UI changes, you know, user interface? It's like, it, it, yeah. and it's really yeah. subtle. It's not like wholesale it, changes. It, yeah, there's like, yeah, it's a few little things here and there, but it's not like... I mean, if you were to go back which, five years, it would look very different. But but from day to day... Yeah. So so my wife and I have noticed a few things that have happened on this. And, I, and I'm wondering if it's like A-B testing. So so one of the cool things on, on Amazon, and I know there's Amazon haters out there for sure. So sorry, but that's the example we're using, is 
there's <laughs> there were these check boxes in the shopping cart next to the items that you had put in there. So you know, a lot of times you just you right. just throw stuff in the shopping cart. You don't actually buy it yet. And at some point, they added these check boxes next to the items, and it was like so useful because you could have ten things in your cart, but you could uncheck mm-hmm. three of them. And leave them in your cart effectively, but not purchase them right then, which I thought was, right. wow, innovation, <laughs> right? Because I don't have to move those things out or buy them on accident and overextend myself or whatever, right? It was like, it was just another layer of usefulness. And then that feature went away for my wife, but I still had it. Um, and then it went away for me. And now it's back. Yeah, because... <laughs> Wait, it is? It, it is for me. It, Are we talking mobile no, app? No, I, I don't think I've even seen it in the mobile app. I've only really seen that on the desktop. Say, I'm looking at the mobile app right now. So You got stuff in your cart? <laughs> I, I, of course. Like, because you don't want to manage like carts and yeah. wish lists and save for laters and all you know, all this stuff is, is extra like overhead in your brain to manage and it's a pain in the butt. So yeah. I, I've noticed this on the desktop version. And so they're different. The mobile version and the desktop version are different for sure. And on the mobile version... You know, you've you've got the, and I guess you have this on the desktop version too, but the buy it now, like, I want this one item right now. Yeah. I don't even want to put it in my cart. I just want it now. Right. So, so right. there's still those kinds of things. Anyway, I always wonder, like, okay, so, oh, I see so, what's, yeah, they are there. so what's going on? It's like, they're, they're constantly testing what works and what people's behavior are. Do they even notice that these things are mm-hmm. happening? Are they using them? How are they using them? When are they using them? What are they using them for? Hmm. Right. And and the reason I, I bring this up is because then there was this, I sent you this article, there was this podcast. I, I actually thought about this A-B testing thing that technology companies do. <laughs> so another example is everybody's got a different Facebook timeline. Everyone's got a different Twitter timeline. Everybody has a different experience mm-hmm. and worldview into social media, right? This is a very real thing. What you see on Facebook is not at all the same thing that I see on Facebook, if I ever go there. What you see on Twitter in your right. timeline is nothing like what I see in my Twitter timeline. So these are very different experiences for two individuals, let alone millions of individuals, who are like treating this place to go like it's the same thing for everyone, and it's not at all. So there's this very bespoke view into this world, and it's your view. It's just for you. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then there's like this Amazon thing where they're just constantly tweaking things. And then there's us, there's architects. And the, I, I started to think about this A-B testing against the design process that we go through as architects. And then this other cool thing, this other podcast came in, and I thought it, it actually makes it even stronger connection because it adds this other layer of the, you know, actually during the design process and using real-time rendering to give people an experience. So... There's there's an episode of the Urbanist podcast. It's episode 521. We'll put a link to it in the show. Chapter three of episode 521 is all about real-time rendering environments, especially with like Epic Games and Unreal, what they're what they're doing in Assassin's Creed as an example, where the game makers are watching where gamers are getting together in the game to converse and hang out and and they're watching their behavior in the game. Why? Same reason Amazon's changing the shopping cart. It's like, what works? What doesn't? How can we make this better? How can we make more money off of this? Right? It's it's those kinds of questions. <laughs> so 
the reason that this urbanist episode is is appropriate is because you know do architects do a b testing do we design and i i kind of you know we we kind of know the answer is is generally no <laughs> for for this stuff right I was gonna... and i'm sure there are examples of it but when you think about like our ability now to put clients into their space and let them play we're still kind of just treating it like a tour it's like it's yeah. it's like yeah. the next level of renderings but it doesn't give the owner or the client's agency to like play the game for a while and actually observe their behavior so there's definitely like research labs at like HKS and firms of that size that do studies on people in space over time. They actually have research labs dedicated to that kind of thing. But now we have technology that's accessible to just about everybody to be able mm-hmm. to create these virtual worlds ahead of time that are going to mimic the real world and just let people play in them and run prototypes. Because that's what... You know, a building, you know, if you think about it, a finished building is a prototype for architecture. Like it's yeah. typically, unless it's a, a a repeat and even then things hopefully changed from the last one, <laughs> right? But it's, it's kind mm-hmm. of the next level of evolution in the prototype. And it's then testing all the ideas on real people in the real world. Like it, a lot of our design intent is ideas to solve problems without 100% knowingness that it's it's going to solve the problem so what i don't know what do you think do you have any examples where architects well, are are doing this ahead of, like like if we do three design schemes why don't we throw those into a real-time renderer and send them over to our clients and say play in these three and then just watch what they do watch what they look at watch what they don't look at watch where they go watch where they don't go and start to actually inform our design process rather than kind of smugly just saying, this is how it's going to work and we're going to design it like this and this is how they're going to use it. Because I tend to think that that doesn't really happen, even though we kind of hope and wish that it did. I can give you an example of my one of my more recent projects that we almost got there. We did build basically the, you know, because it was an urban site, downtown Baltimore, infill building in between uh, hospital campus. And so there's, you know, all these adjacent buildings and everything else. And how are you going to see it from coming up, you know, this particular road, you know, Monument Street. So they've wanted like, you know, you know, like, let me see the, you know, the views here. Let me see the views there. So, you know, obviously we take the the model into Revit, we build both the model itself, but then we bought, we build like the adjacent sites and everything else. And, and then we take it into Enscape and, you know, we, we started to drop it into its GIS location and we start to work that route. And then, you know, just make sure that we've got as much context as we can in there so that we put it in real time. Mm-hmm. We, walk around with the client and we kind of like let them say, Oh, ooh, show me this, you know, like spin it around and let me see this view. Okay. Pull back. Let me see this view. I mean, we don't, we don't go as far as to say, you know, here, take it, go, you know, play with it, kind of mess around with it and all that it's other stuff. It's still kind of a curated tour, this, right? It's like, it's like, it, it, it is, but you know, it, it's kind of directed by them. They ask, you know, like, you know, Hey, can I see this view? And then, you know, sometimes we say, uh, I don't have that view built, you know, sure. kind of thing. Or 
in listening to that episode, what was really, really interesting is what was the, the, the cesium, yeah. the, the world GIS, yep. you know, being able to like put this building in and then like, you know, with all of this streaming content, it's so, so one of our biggest things obviously is, is when we're building all of this stuff is how much information is too much information. Is it going to bog down your model? Right. I mean, right. the model that we had for, for that particular project I'm talking about was massive. And it got to a point that it became unruly. And a lot of it was because of the external data that we were right. bringing the in context. for everything yeah. that wasn't yeah. our site. And and that was, that one actually sounded really promising. That was like, Oh, you know, <laughs> Think about how we're going to be able to like do the project I'm working on now with real time information so that I can actually like show context, show, you know, information on the site, show adjacencies and things like that without really bogging it down because, you know, we got nine buildings on this site that, you know, we're, we're building. And, and so that's going to, you know, if you think about it in bits and bytes for, for Revit, that's, oh yeah, you don't do it there. I mean, it are exactly. And, and so, we try to a point um in th- but the interesting thing is is that like right now we still are curating it we we still are the ones who are going to say just look at this view don't worry about that view over there just you know let, let's look at this one and you know in in a way i kind of wish that we would have done something more like that because then you know you can identify it's like well what if i'm standing in this building over here looking out you know we never really looked at the you know the back side of the building from another view from another building so there's there was some infor- there's valuable information that can be gained from things like this that you know, I'm somewhat excited about and and then also there's the one of the things that was kind of interesting about the the conversation that it was having was is that the kind of based off of like um, being able to bring in all of the materials bring in all of the adjacent you know massings and things like that I mean this Unreal Engine yeah. is that what it was in this in cesium are like these like really interesting ways of what is the one thing that the clients are always like what is it going to look like when it's done what is it going to look like in context what you know what am i going to see when i walk through the front door or when i'm walking up to the front door this totally gets back to what do they understand and what are they used to and because it isn't drawings it is not abstract representation of design intent exactly it is exactly. real space you're, you're totally yeah gone. so so when yeah. you think about what actually happens in the real world that's what they actually will connect with and and by the software's ability to handle that much data and actually make it as real as possible right now for them right now that is what makes this solution in particular so interesting even if you have clients who are architects, they are still going to ask you, what does it look like? They're not going to, you, you hit it right on the head. It's like, they are not going to concern themselves with the plan mm-hmm. diagrams and things like that. I mean, sure. We could talk about like, you know, our room adjacencies and, and room configurations and flexibility and things like that, which I'm about to talk about on Monday with our client. And I will be showing them diagrams, but the thing that's going to resonate most with them are all of the photographs of like rooms that are similar to that, all of my precedent mm-hmm. studies, that's what's going to actually resonate with them is showing them these spaces that I'm telling them we're going to be designing this type of space for you. And they're looking at a plan and they're like, I don't know what that means. They look at a photograph like, oh, that's what you mean. And these, you know, kind of like real time 
you know, renderers that are rendering the building within the site context that they're very with the environmental with. context with the lighting context, with, with all of exactly. that, that actually sets a mood and gives you a feel and, and gives you a sense of reality beyond just enclosing space. It, it's enabled, enables it to take it to that level. So another example of that is I, in the building in Baltimore that we were working on, we were proposing to them to have a, a clear story. And they're like, you're never going to get light in there. I'm like, yes, you are. You're, like, you're never going to get light in there. And, I, and, I, and so like, like, they're like, well, you know, I mean, I was just down on that site and that was in shadow. I'm like, well, you're not going to get, I was like, yes, you're not going to get it all the time, but there are going to be peak moments, especially like later in the day, you know, when the, the it's, you know, sun starts to go down, that this whole entire area is in the sun. And you, it's just going to be cascading sunlight into this space. And they're like, no, nah, I don't agree with you. And so I basically sat out there and took photographs, 3 o'clock, 3.15, 3.20, you know, those kind of things, just showing them the old school way of doing it and showing them that, you know, yes, in fact, this will work. And they're like, oh, well, that's fantastic. I, I can't wait to see this space. And but they needed data to, to actually see that. They did. They absolutely did. And, and so to believe it. <laughs> I, I kind of wrote down the words, you know, reality to virtual. A lot of times we're virtually telling them that this will work and they don't think it works in mm -hmm. reality. And so being able to pull in that real time information and, you know, being able to do that light study, being able to do the, you know, showing them how, like the different, like, I, I'm just assuming, and it probably is true, but I'm assuming that, you know, you can do clouded conditions, you can do sunny oh, conditions, sure. yeah. you can do all the different climatic conditions that are going to be affecting this building to really kind of like give them a really like 365 day view of exactly how this building is going to be affected throughout the year. And, and really kind of like, like either justify or negate any of like your design yeah. assumptions. It's like, Oh, uh, hmm, well, it, it, it takes your hypothesis to a conclusion faster. I would hope, right. Because that's it, what it yeah, is. I mean, yeah. if, do you know if it works? Well, just show it, just show the data that shows that it works. And okay. Decision made. Exactly. Move on. I, I think that that's, right. that's all interesting stuff. And it makes me think about what clients are who, what clients that are currently exist that are out there and what their expectations are or what they, their expectations could be about what we can do or what can be done. <laughs> There's so many interesting language choices I have to make right now, but, but also the, the kids who are growing up with this stuff and yeah. they are going to be future clients and future creators of the, of architecture. It also has to do with that and like understanding that that's happening, that that's coming and, and, not only is it going to be driven from the owner side as a requirement for you to show me this happening in that space in this way, but also as a service provider, this is what you're going to have to provide because this is what everybody's going to know how to do already. Right, exactly. I see that, and I've seen over the course of, let's just say the last 10 years, that clients are becoming more sophisticated. They don't necessarily know how or why they're becoming sophisticated, but they are seeing that more and more information is coming out that helps inform their decisions, helps inform, you know, helps 
when they ask questions, you know, they, they can get real time answers and things like that. And so, but they're relying on us as the designers or, and even the contractors to go back to the first part of the conversation, they're relying on us to actually like bring that knowledge of sophistication to them. And then they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. And so maybe the next time, especially like with say K through 12 clients and stuff, they're like the next time, this is what I'm going to be expecting. And you're always helping them kind of grow as well. And the the biggest thing that we always say is, you know, they don't know what Mm -hmm. they don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's only until they're shown what they don't know that they know it's over. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And technology is removing those barriers of knowing there is so much information available to anybody at any time. And it just becomes a filtering exercise. So if, if you can raise the level of priority of certain types of information to be conveyed to them so that they can make decisions faster, you're doing a service to them. That is a beneficial service to move on to the next point faster based on data. Not only can you, show them the visual of what this is going to look and feel like. But you could also fade that very quickly into an energy model that says, look, per our last episode, look what this green roof is actually going to do for you. Here's the data that backs it up. Here's your money savings. Here's what the risks are. You need to be aware of those. But here are the other things that it's beneficially doing for you. Data points, right? And and here's case studies, examples of how it's been done before and you're not the first one and we can take away the fear of, of that as well. It does seem like there's ways to get decisions made by telling stories and showing data that are backed up with this kind of reality to virtual that you coined that that is is very apt. I, w- I was actually thinking of going back to this A-B testing thing. Like, have you been, do you feel like you've, you're being experimented on or do you feel like you're being watched? I mean, that is happening to everybody every single day with these digital platforms. And now we do actually have the ability to kind of watch what our clients do. If we were to just sit back and not guide the tour and just say, just go, I I actually want to watch how you use this building. What is it like the first time you approach it versus what is it like the 10th time you approach it? And and once you kind of know where you're going, how are you going to get to where you need to go? And you can just watch and you can actually track that information and make design adjustments like you could do an intervention that changes their path one day and say, okay, right. now what are you right. going to do? And we have the ability to do that if we are proactive about how we're going to interact with our clients throughout the design process and, and make modifications to the good old way that we do it, which is schematic design, then design development, then CDs. And during those paths, we, don't, we only have scheduled three interactions with our client. Like that's, that's changed, man. Like if you're in Uh, one of these higher end firms, like, like you could literally have live updates being pushed from Revit into Unreal that is published to an app that somebody can see the latest building every day of the week if you want to. And that's the, that's the asterisk is if you want to, are you willing to have that level of accountability with your clients? But the benefits that could come from that as far as what you learn about your clients and what they're going to experience and how they're going to experience and how they share that information, because that's valuable information throughout the design process to make it perform even better for them. And you become this service provider that does, it's such an inclusive process 
how could they imagine working with anybody else? <laughs> you know, like there are benefits for, for us as well. Like this is, I can see why people think this is scary, but there's also huge benefits that come along with this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just, I can run through my mental Rolodex of, of ways that I wish I would have implemented some of this data gathering, data information to the model a little bit, you know, better on just like this last project. I mean, one of, one of the things that we were always talking about and one of the things that I could have easily done probably with this is, you know, do a wind study of prevailing winds and my the location simply of where my vestibule mm-hmm. is. I mean, you know, I've got a north-facing building with, you know, prevailing winds that are going to be during the wintertime sucking in a lot of that, you know, cold air into the building and helping me design what is the proper uh, placement and location of that. And like, you know, how do I offset the doors and things like that, that just make that this vestibule far more efficient for energies, you know, savings, energy mm-hmm. consumption. And simple little things like that can, you know, not only, you know, I see the benefits of being able to talk through this, you know, these ideas with our client and really show them and just show them in real time in a visual that they understand if they're going to work or if they're not going to work. But there's even like, are we using this to our benefit that, you know, would make uh, our buildings just better? I mean... We have goals beyond the look and feel. Like that's that's what you're exactly. talking about. You're talking about actual right. performance yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and exactly. that is achievable with stuff like that. Right. It's interesting then to kind of think of this on your your own space that you have agency over. So like your workspace or your home or maybe those two are the same thing. <laughs> right. But yeah. I was thinking like uh, right now, like, yeah. Do you do A B testing on yourself? Like I know it's different if you own versus rent and and things like that. But like my, I built. I was going to say I know you do. <laughs> well, yeah, and and that's what this is where we bring it all home. It's like what do you do to tweak your spaces that are that make it you know more enjoyable, easier to to live with, easier to work in. When you need solitude, you can find it. When you need, you know, whatever those things are. It's like, do you have examples at your house or of a place over which you have agency? <laughs> it could be your car, I guess, that where you've done things to to do like quality of life improvements because you can, right? Like, like you study your own behavior. So here's a here's a way to like look at it from like start with yourself. What have you done? in your space. And it could be something as stupid as like, man, we put one of those silent shut toilet seats on because I got sick and tired of hearing the toilet seat slam every day when the kids were in there. Right. And it's like, it's like little things like that, or it could be the color of the lighting, or it could be a dimmer, or it could be a fountain with that sound of bubbling water in the background that are like really small life improvements overall that are super subtle, but bring a smile to your face or make something easier or take some friction away from something that, that used to have friction. I think that like that is where this all kind of actually starts, right? Is, is seeing our own behaviors and seeing how we have agency over making things better for us. And then how do we start to translate that for the people that we serve through architecture, through our practice? And that to me is fascinating. Like if you're not doing that, like, like when you, if you do residential design and you lay out a kitchen, I hope 
to God that you're actually laying out that kitchen based on how real people use real kitchens, not just what looks good. Right. Because that's a... <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I saw this in the magazine and, you know... Yeah. I mean, there's so much utility that should be designed into a kitchen. And it's like, if you... Like, if the client doesn't cook, that's one thing. But man, if they do and it's wrong, you're, you're seriously screwing up their their normal day-to-day. And, and then it just comes mm-hmm. down to experience. Right. And this kind of gets us back into the old conversation of, like your experience as an architect actually matters. And so when you're a fresh green graduate that's just coming out of, and you've only designed studio projects and you've never designed for the real world or for real clients or how people actually use space, or you only have 22 years of experience on this planet and you've only lived in one suburban house in a tract outside of Houston, right? Like it's a very different set of experiences than somebody who is 50 years old or 60 years old or whatever and has a a bunch of more projects under their belt and a lot of, like, there's something to be said for all that. And all of that should play into, like, how do we get there faster for these younger folks? I don't know the answer to that. That's opening up a huge can of worms. But, like, you, by living (laughs) and experiencing and not just sitting at your desk all day, you learn what works for people who are going to inhabit the spaces that we design. Right. Yeah. So, so do you feel experimented good, good on? Question. <laughs> do you experiment on yourself? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if I experiment on myself as much as I feel like I could and should. You'll probably notice um, it more now that we've talked about it. There, there, yeah. there is stuff like that, that it's like, Oh, I wasn't really aware of that. But now that we talked about it, I see it everywhere. It's like, it's like when you buy a new car or you start to think about buying a new car and you start seeing them everywhere. It's like that kind of a thing. I will say it's, you know, like more directly as I, I think about like how I've experimented with where I work out of mm-hmm. from the house, where is what makes the most sense um, for me to like be, I started in the basement, I moved into the bedroom, then I moved out of the bedroom, then I'm kind of like back into the bedroom. And it was, it's all kind of like based off of just like what makes the most sense for kind of like our, our, our family. And, and like, you know, like I've got multiple meetings a day that I'm right. you know talking and does it like limit other people's like ability to do things within the house and, and you know, like where I work and stuff. And so, you know, we definitely, you know, I, I, I kind of experienced just like, where's my, where's the best spatial lo- location to right. be and things like that. And yeah. And, you know, and, and yes, setting up. <laughs> so there's, there's a variety, probably not as much as like, say you who've been kind of like morphing your house into kind of like from when you lived in it, then you bought it, then, you know, now you're like really making it your own and you're just kind of like test fitting things and you're like, Oh, that may not work. And Oh, that does work. It, I, I even do it like on my bike, I'm constantly adjusting yeah. like the ergonomics of my bike to fine tune it for me. It's small things. It's big things. It's like, how, how high is the seat? What angle are these grips? Because the grips have these things on them that help me in this way. And where, where, what's the angle of the brake levers? And, and so when you, it's kind of like that power seat in your car, right? Like you make it fit you. That's what architecture can do for your clients too. You hopefully are gathering a repertoire of things like, I don't know, I want to call them rules of thumb, but that's kind of what they are. Like it's this 
it's these general, you know, this works for most people. And then from there, we'll tweak it to, to work for you specifically, but then kind of preempting that final stage of now it's real and you got to live with it with these digital environments that further enable the hypothesis to be proven or disproven so that you can make the right adjustments before it gets built in the real world is something I think not only that we should be doing, but it, they will be expecting it and demanding it. And so you should get to right. learn, you should get to knowing how to do that now to be able to provide that and not be somebody who can't later if you care about your future, you know? Yeah. I see where you're going. Yeah. 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 All right. Start experimenting. <laughs> Start experiment. experiment on your family. <laughs> Don't let them know. <laughs> Move the pans from one drawer to another. So, hey, see what happens. <laughs> see who yells at you. Yeah. Uh, it'd only be me because I'm the only one. <laughs> they're like, uses. I guess we don't have pans anymore. Uh, cool, Dad. They're like, oh, yeah. there was a pan here. You know, did you get rid of it since you're the only one using it? No, I put it in a place that I want to use it. My wife is the commander of the kitchen. It's totally her thing. And yeah, stuff moves. And I'm just like, oh, what happened? Where'd it go? It's just it, that it screws up my routine so bad. Because <laughs> she doesn't tell me at, at any of that. It's like she, she does what works for her. It's her spot. Like, I get it. But uh, where'd it go? Yeah. Oh, she's not here. She won't answer the phone. Oh, I'm I'm just lost. <laughs> It's like Instagram when they just move the buttons and you have this muscle memory of, of where oh the button is gosh. and you hit it and it's like, oh, and now it's the new shopping channel from Instagram. Thanks. I it, see what you did there. Exactly you took my muscle saying. memory and used it to your advantage. Exactly where, again, it's just like, oh, I want to see where, you know, like how many people have liked my... Uh... They, they've trained us and then they've used it against us. Exactly, because because exactly where that is is now the whole like yeah. like shopping bag. You're like, yeah, you I see what you did, jerks. you bastards. <laughs> hey, so uh, I was um, on a call the other day, and it was both my phone and like my Zoom chat were kind of like kind of like blowing up, and I was just like, yeah, I mean. There's usually, in a way, that it's not that uncommon for, you know, at least my Zoom chat to blow up throughout the day because it's we're working and, you know, people are like talking back and forth and, and trying to make sure, you know, hey, can you, you know, talk to me about the, you know, the rec center or I'm, you know, working on these classrooms. Can you take a, a look at, you know, where we're at? That's just, you know, kind of typical daily function. This one was a little bit, you know, it's like now it's getting kind of like hit with some things on my phone, which, you know, normally people are work people were on, on the phone and I'm like, what's going on? And I, and so I finally looked at it and they're like, Hey, congratulations. Your uh, project in St. Louis, you know, won a, a state AIA award. I'm like, what? Like, I, first of all, I didn't know we were going for one and two, mm -hmm. that's cool. You know, but it was just like, I haven't like that project's been done for like, like don't even so think about that sight, out of mind yeah. for me. That is the life of an architect right there. It's like, what's next. Okay. Yeah. Oh, forward only onward. Let's move. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, congratulations. And I'm like, huh? Great. I mean, I, I wasn't, I was like so out of it that I was like, you know, not very excited. I, I guess I am now sure, but like, it was just like, 
Okay, cool. It is kind of interesting to think about how those various waves get ridden <laughs> throughout, throughout the life yeah. of a project and you kind of get into award seasons. Like those can go on for years because there's so many different possibilities when it comes to those kinds of things. Like, are you willing to put in the time to do the submittals? Do you want to put together all the writing? Do you want to tell those stories and relive? Like, You can't even remember what that project was about anymore. (laughs) And it was funny is that it dawned on me that when people were like reaching out to me, you know, like a few, like I guess eight months ago or whatever it was, and they were reaching out to me and said, you know, hey, can you give me some information on this project i'm like sure you know blah 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 you know and it's marketing folks and i was like okay well they're just asking marketing questions because you know we might be using it in marketing information and then you know to see that i'm like oh that's why they were asking yeah. me this stuff <laughs> yeah, like, like, I, like i get it now yeah gotcha oh congrats man like, okay award-winning architect yeah it's kind of once again again yeah yeah once again i i, I mean you know i'm cool it's one of those things it's just like it's been so almost out of my memory because like as we talk about this there's just so much room in your 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 brain for like anything else and like right now it's all preoccupied on two the next award projects and you know (laughs) i hope so well what's funny is like we Um, get pitches all the time in email I don't think you you see them, but I I see emails come in every once in a while where some PR person is pitching someone to come on this show because we always have people on this show right no. all the time. Yeah, and so yeah, obviously they listen exactly. and they they're like, oh, I know who would be a great fit for that show. Let me tell you all about this award winning architect. And I'm just like, <laughs> I never describe myself that way. Do you like? I I get it. That's no, the job no, of a I PR think, person. But at the same time, do those architects are they comfortable with that with me? I'm sure they are. The egos are out there. It, it's it's funny because I sure that if if anybody recognizes what I'm about to say, you know, may like call me out on it, but whatever. <laughs> but you know, there's just like you know, hey, I was in this thing for a thing, and Jeez. I'll try to be vague <laughs> about that. And so, like, you you click on the link and you're looking at the thing, and it's just like internationally recognized award winning architect. Who, who like, that? Really. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like I don't know who you are. Oh, <laughs> just man. like, like oh, that is not uh, how I describe myself ever. If I were like really cared, if you thought about it, like, yeah, I got. I mean, I've worked on so many buildings, I've got mm-hmm. tons of awards, like throughout mm-hmm. my career. So yeah, it just me in my mind is like, well, at least you're doing a good enough job. It's that, some metric know, that nobody's keeping it, track of, except yeah. for yeah, yeah, there is somebody I guess keeping track of it. And I guess that's fine. But at the same time, it's like, who is this information for? And do they care? <laughs> you never know. I guess you never know. And that's why you track it, because maybe it will matter to somebody sometime. But yeah, that is a, that is an interesting, interesting thing. Uh, maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll put that on my headstone. <laughs> Here lies the, the award-winning the, architect, yeah. Corman. <laughs> One of many. <laughs> and then in, in small fine print yeah aren't we all <laughs> yeah okay see ya <laughs> thanks for listening this show is part of the gable media podcast network see all the shows at gablemedia.com that's g-a-b-l-m-e-d-i-a.com you can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. 
We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.